All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. It'll be Harry and I, as always, and we'll be joined by Cubs prospect Matt Mervis, who's been absolutely raking this year. So we're going to hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. All righty, welcome back to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. As I just mentioned, it is Dylan and Harry. So before we introduce our guest, Harry, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. All righty. And obviously, while Harry and I both think that we're decent at baseball, we're obviously having someone on who is much better than us, Chicago Cubs prospect Matt Mervis. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. All good. No worries. So obviously, we'll be taking you through Matt's baseball journey from his time at Duke, as well as some other stops along the way now leading to the Iowa Cubs and hopefully on the fingers crossed on the way to a promotion with the Chicago Cubs first baseman with a lot of power. So Harry, if you want to get us started, any direction you want to take us in. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's no surprise that you've been absolutely dominating throughout all levels this year. Um, has there any been, has you, have you made any adjustments maybe from last year where you necessarily weren't seeing as much success as you are now until this year where you have completely dominated both through high A, double A and triple A. Is it just. Uh, yeah. The main adjustment was just staying short, um, staying short in my swing, trying to give myself more time to see the ball. Um, you know, like you mentioned, I have enough power to even, I don't have to sell out for it. So I can stay short in my swing. Um, and kind of just focus on quality of contact instead of trying to hit the ball as far as I can or as hard as I can. Uh, so really just keeping a repeatable swing, keeping it simple. Um, it's giving me more time to see the ball, and, and I think I've made quality contact a lot more often this year. Awesome. And then obviously probably a lot of that work happened maybe in the offseason, spring training, that sort of area. So how does that sort of work? obviously from the minor league and for a baseball player's perspective of is that sort of on your own or is there sort of talk with the club, the organization on off season work or sort of how does that progress get made even when you're not day-to-day interacting with coaches? Yeah, we created a plan at the end of last season. Um, yeah. What we wanted to focus on some drills that they wanted me to do. And, and after that, once I left the, the spring training complex in Arizona, it was kind of on my own, just work with my hitting coach at home that I've been working with for a while. Um, you know, we set out a plan together as well to, to fix the things that the Cubs wanted me to fix. So, um, you know, it wasn't a, it's not day-to-day hands-on like it is in spring training or during the season, but yeah, it's a job of staying in contact and, and, uh, yeah, I, I send in video and they take a look at the X, they, in touch once in a while but yeah like you said a lot of it is on your own sounds good and then obviously you showed up this year at spring training you ended up going to high a as i believe in south bend then you went to tennessee and iowa so sort of take us through what that progress has been like obviously been through now three levels of the minor leagues in just this season alone i assume the competition is getting a lot tougher as you're continuing to go but you're still performing really well at each and every single stop so far yeah i think Last year was just a big adjustment in uh, in professional baseball. I was in low A the whole year and you know, just never really got settled. Um, my swing never felt great the whole year. It was kind of 
I focused way too much on mechanics. So when I got back this year, just let myself play free and, and trust the work that I put in the offseason to carry into South Bend. And it did um, after a little bit. There was still probably a 10, 12 game adjustment period. And then once it started to click, it, it really did. Um, so I earned that promotion to Tennessee and I think the middle of May. And then just, you know, like you said, there was an adjustment there. The pitching's a little bit better, especially in the bullpen. Um, you know, guys throw harder. They, they trust their stuff a little bit more, I think, in double A, so they come right after you. Um, yeah, so adjusting that. And once I made that adjustment, it just kept working there. So I got moved up again in the middle of July, I think, maybe end of July, right at the all-star break. And I think this is the big, biggest adjustment so far in AAA. Um, you know, it's a lot of former major league pitchers and a lot of young guys who have really, really good stuff. So um, not only do they trust their stuff and know how to pitch, but they also know your scouting report and how to how to get hitters out, and they're able to do that. So um, it's kind of adjusting every week or every couple of games. And once I understand how a team's trying to get me out or if they play two catchers, um, you know, he, how each one of them thinks they can get me out. So, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of adjustments, but it's fun. It's, it's definitely tougher, <laughs> but it's fun at this level. Yeah. Can you walk us through that feeling of, you know, being moved up from a level and having to kind of move all your belongings to a new location and the immediate adjustments on the actual playing field? And, you know, how tough for a minor leaguer is that to make? Or is that something you just kind of say, hey, it's part of the game. I'm, you know, getting closer to the goal that I ultimately want to pursue. Yeah, I think it's the latter. Um, you know, it's a sometimes it's tough guys get calls at weird hours and um i'm lucky enough to have a car with me so uh you know i got my first promotion i got later in the night the day before we were headed off to a road trip so um yeah i was already packing clothes for the road trip so all i had to do was pack another bag and then show up to the locker room in the morning pack my baseball stuff and hit the road so um it almost was a seamless transition there and then um my second promotion was right before the all-star break. So I had a couple of days to, to drive from Tennessee to Iowa. And, um, so I think I've had pretty good timing on both of those, but I know for some guys, um, you know, some guys without cars or, or some of the Latin players, it's a lot tougher because, you know, they're on their own in the airport or uh, have to find some other transportation. And yeah, it can get a little messy, but uh, I think I've had some good fortune this year. Sounds good. And then obviously, you, oh yeah, go for it, Eric. No, and, and would you say that the progression and difficulty is linear from each step, that low A, then high A, then double A, then triple A? Or would you say that some levels may have more uh, raw talent uh, than others, even if they may not be as refined? Yeah, I would, I would say there's a, there's a difference in the, I mean, I think double A to triple A is the biggest jump that I've made. Um, yeah, I think the levels were a little, strange last year just coming off the covid i think the lower levels pretty stacked just because there were a lot of younger prospects that I'm, i mean i'm sure the upper levels were too i didn't experience those obviously but um you know low a last year i would say it's harder than high a this year for me um and then you know i thought high a to double a was a, a bigger jump just because the quality of pitching was that much better and then i made the jump from high from double a to triple a and it was much bigger than that so um, yeah, I'm sure the jump from AAA to the big leagues is even bigger. So <laughs> I, I think it's probably, I don't think it's a linear transition. I think there's probably, um, 
bigger adjustments to be made at each promotion. I think it's also fun to see when you have a guy like Jacob deGrom goes on a single A rehab start and absolutely dominates. And that's when you realize, all right, there is a big difference between single A and the major <laughs> leagues. But I mean, you've been doing pretty good on all the levels so far. So let's see. I'm pretty sure it's going to translate in the major league level as well. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens there. I know you did also mention the whole how COVID was definitely an interesting way of going about things. You also had an interesting, I believe it was your senior year with Duke that pretty much got wiped out and affected by. Uh, the COVID season, as well as that would have been a draft year. And then obviously the draft got shortened to five rounds, which probably messed things up as well. But sort of how was the whole COVID impact on your college career? And that ended up leading to your major league career as well. And a little bit of impact on both of them. Yeah, it, I mean, like you mentioned, it impacted the draft. It impacted my first, what would have been my first professional season. So, um, yeah, I played in Cape Cod the summer before and had a good season there and I was expecting you know to play well in my senior year and, and get drafted so um, you know obviously that didn't happen and had to make some adjustments on the fly but that was also the first year that the draft turned into a free agency period afterwards so um, you know, I was part of that unique experience and I was able to actually do some research on teams and I, I wasn't entirely in control of where I went because it would depend on who offered me a free agent contract. But um, I was, I, I had the few teams that I wanted offers from, I got. And so I was able to, um, you know, sit down for a day and talk to my parents and talk to my agent and figure out what I thought was the best fit for me. Yeah. And um, this, that necessarily wasn't your only MLB draft experience. Uh, in 2016, you were drafted, albeit quite late in the draft, um, but ultimately passed on the offer and went to Duke. Was How was that like? Were you ever really considering going straight to the professional level or were you always just super committed to playing in college? Um, if it was life-changing money, I would have taken it in 2016, but it, obviously it wasn't. Um, it was almost more of a courtesy pick from the Nationals just because I was a local kid and uh, they've been following me for a while, so. You know, it was a really cool experience to be drafted. I was with a few of my friends uh, just on vacation before heading to college. So, uh, yeah, I, I would have if I was a good enough player coming out of high school to, to get paid that much money. But, no, it was, I mean, my parents wanted a good education, too. I wanted a good education, and college was the right step for me. I guess we do have to ask, since you did just mention the D.C. Uh, communicate and sort of the D.C. connection. I'm currently at Georgetown University. You went to Georgetown Prep. A lot of our listeners are from the DMV area. So sort of your favorite thing about growing up in D.C., just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better on the non-baseball player side. I love Georgetown. I mean, the, not just the campus. I haven't explored that too much, but the food down there, the riverfront or, or what is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> just going down there. I mean, there's just the area is very nice. And then obviously, um, you know, the monuments and I haven't been down there in a while, but taking those field trips to the monuments and my brother graduated at that big government building. So that's right downtown. And, um, you know, just the scenery and the history of it, museums, everything. Well, good. And then what's your favorite thing about some of the cities you played in, which definitely aren't as big as growing up in D.C., sort of South Bend as well as Tennessee and Iowa, lots of interesting places you've been on your minor league journey, but anything about any of those places that you're liking so far? 
Um, I've liked all of them actually. Tennessee was where we were about half an hour away from Knoxville, so we were talked in a little small town there. But um, you know, all three places have been really different. South Bend's kind of a smaller city with Notre Dame right there. Um, Iowa's obviously a bigger city. We're we're right downtown, so um, all kinds of stuff that I got some teammates messing with me over here. Um, yeah, each one is unique, but they're all fun in their own way. I like it. And then, Harry, if you got another one. Yeah, I, I feel like I've talked a lot about adjustments, so I'll kind of further the trend here. You know, we've talked about going from different levels of the minor leagues. How about going from the college level to the actual professional, to the bigs? You know, obviously, there are a bit more of fundamental changes, uh, fundamental differences between the two levels, um, like metal bats, for example. How was getting from there to the pros, especially because you had that COVID year that ruined uh, really any – substantive minor league play how was that transition yeah I felt like I lost some rhythm uh, just taking that much time off from from games um, I went to instructs in 2020 right after I signed to just kind of you know get guys a lot of younger prospects and then a lot of triple a guys that were that the team wanted to stay active and some guys sprinkled in between so um, you know there we were playing games but the effort level wasn't as high as, you know, a regular season game or a playoff game. And it was, it's just, it's a lot faster in professional baseball. You know, guys are stronger, more athletic, um, hit the ball harder. So it's, I think that's a big step in the game. And it's a lot cleaner at the higher levels. Um, you know, the, the routine plays get made, uh, you know, there's not as many wild pitches. There's not as many, drop pop-ups or miscommunications or stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, it looks like a major league product. Yeah. And as for Duke itself, obviously it's a fantastic academic institution. What really propelled you to go there? Was it a school that I know many people at a very young age want to go to Duke, uh, maybe for its basketball prowess, but you know, still it has that allure. Uh, at what point did you really know that, Hey, I want to go to Duke university and play baseball. Uh, so I sent out an email to a bunch of schools I was interested in before a tournament down in Florida, um, probably my freshman or sophomore year of high school. And Duke was not on that list. And one of the one of the assistant coaches saw me down there and, and gave me a call after the game and said, we want to have you on campus. So, um, you know, I obviously wouldn't say no to that and went down there and visited. I love the campus and the coaching staff I thought was a great fit that was turning around the program. So, um, you know, once I sat down and thought about it for a little bit, I was very impressed and, and decided that's where I wanted to be. Awesome. And then obviously we're speaking with Matt Mervis of the Chicago Cubs organization who covered a lot from his time with the Cubs as well as Duke Georgetown, a lot of fun stops on the way. I guess some people are probably wondering what's next on your journey and hopefully it's a promotion, but it could also be maybe some Arizona fall league action or something else this winter. So, as a baseball player who's now getting towards those upper levels of the minor leagues, do you think your winner might be a little different than in the past where it was just working with your hitting coach back at home, maybe more leagues like the AFL? I know a lot of people know, but anything like that upcoming for you? Yeah, I actually am headed to the Arizona Fall League. Um, so I got another six weeks of baseball after this season. So just going to try to keep rolling how I've been playing and, and carry it into there. Um, or maybe a promotion comes before that. I'm going to keep <laughs> trying to will that into existence, but 
you know, that's not up to me. It's just, it's up to the front office. I'm going to keep playing how I've been playing. Um, you know, whatever happens will happen. And if it doesn't, then I'll play in the fall league and, and see how well I can do there. And is a promotion something that you ever really think about? I mean, obviously like it's looming in the back of your head a hundred percent, but is that like, are you ever in a state where like you kind of expect it to happen? Maybe not right now, but maybe within the next year or so that like I am anticipating getting called up. I'm kind of changing my approach. I'm getting ready um, both physically and mentally for that. Or is that just something that, you know, you'll address when it happens? Yeah. I just wake up every day and try to have a good game. Um, yeah, that's my goal. I don't, I try not to focus on, you know, that stuff that I can't control. Um, you know, if I keep having good games, then it'll happen eventually, I think. But uh, like I said, I, I don't know if or when it'll happen. So, uh, yeah, just try to try to block it out and take it day by day. Awesome. And then obviously we have talked a lot of baseball. I know another fun thing we're going to use to get to know you as a person. So, Hence our name, Side Retired. We're going to throw a couple fun, quick questions at you. And then obviously we'll retire the side and we'll be on our way and ready to roll. So the first one with Edwin Diaz's intro song sort of becoming a huge deal in the baseball world. We have to ask you, what is your walk-up song that you go up to the plate with? Mine is Hold the Line by Toto. Older song. I like it. Who is the best pitcher that you've ever faced? Could be a current minor leaguer, could be back when you were in third grade, could be someone like a <laughs> rehab star, anything. Spencer Strider, not even close. Awesome. I like that. And he's done really good this year so far in the majors. And obviously, if you're with the Cubs and he's with the Braves, reunion might happen. Do you remember what you did in those at-bats against him? Or I had one at-bat and I struck out. <laughs> he has an electric fastball. All righty. And then obviously your favorite teammate. I know you just mentioned that a couple of your teammates are messing with you right now, but could be a current guy, could be a Duke guy, anyone that you like the most. That's a tough one. Uh, I've had a ton over the years, but um, I'll go with Adam Lasky. He's my roommate. Well, actually, we played summer ball for a couple of years in high school. He was my roommate all four years in college. Um, and we were together last year in Myrtle Beach. So known him for a bunch of years and and we talk pretty much every day i'm a cincinnati reds fan so i have a little animosity asking this <laughs> question but uh what's your favorite thing to do in chicago eat i mean <laughs> there's that's going to be my answer pretty much anywhere you ask me but the restaurants there are so good all right and how about your favorite ballpark you've ever played in um Ooh, that's a good question. I played it at Chase Field um, during that instructs that I mentioned. So I was, that was the first time I ever played in a big league stadium. Um, but there's also an appeal to something like Smoky Stadium in Tennessee, where it's just, you know, the backdrop is a forest and, uh, you know, it's intimate. The fans are locals and regular. So, um, yeah, I might, I might pick Smoky Stadium. I like it. Out of the likely thousands of at-bats you've had in your lifetime, what would you say your favorite ever at-bat was? Maybe a big hit, maybe a home run, whatever. Uh, i got to have time <laughs> to prepare for these questions. <laughs> um, favorite at-bat? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> like a big moment. I don't know. You don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I had a walk-off home run this year off uh, a former big leaguer. That was pretty cool. So. Wow. 
I'll go with that one. All righty. And then obviously this last question might be putting you the most on the spot, but one of our former guests was the one that sort of recommended to us that we should get in contact with your agent, have you on the podcast. So now we're going to continue to that tradition of nominating the next guest and it's all hands are on you and you get to make the decision of put someone on the spot. Who do you think we should try to get? And you can maybe help us facilitate that connection, but who are you going to nominate to be the next side retired guest? You guys are New Yorkers, right? Yes. So I just played against George Valera with Columbus Clippers. Um, you know, I don't know him. I don't have any connection or way to connect you guys <laughs> with him. But I know he's from New York. He's a great hitter. He's having a really good season. Uh, young guy in AAA. So um, I think if you can get him on, that'd be cool. I like it. So that is, Harry, that is now our task that we're going to have to figure this out and Again, thank you so much, Matt, for all the time and the insight and all the great fun laughs. And hopefully we're going to see you in Chicago. I know I went to Wrigley Field earlier this summer, and it's a great ballpark and probably will become, if you haven't gotten the chance to play there yet, might become your favorite ballpark to play in at some point in your career. But definitely appreciate all of the time and insight. Harry, I don't know if there's anything else you want to throw in here as well at the end. Oh, but... Yeah, I'm good. All righty. Well, Matt, thank you so much for hopping on with us. This was a blast for us. It was for me, too. Thank you, guys. All righty. So Harry and I will be right back. But for Harry, Dylan, and Matt, the side is retired. Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the New York Mets, Chicago Cubs, and Big Time Rush. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. All right. Well, that was a great interview. Harry and I just completed with Matt Mervis of the Chicago Cubs organization. Talked a lot about his career from Georgetown as well as Duke University and with the Chicago Cubs organization. Getting promoted all the way from single A to triple A this year. Mashing, hitting over 30 homers, plus a lot of rapid fire to get you guys to know him better as a person, not only just as a baseball player. So hopefully Cubs fans as well as prospect fans and baseball fans in general, you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow Matt and maybe he could be a 2023 Rookie of the Year winner. I don't know, maybe that's our bold prediction. But for Dylan, James, Jack, and Harry, make sure to follow all the Twitter, Instagram, and all of that stuff. So until the next time, the side is retired. <laughs>